It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Angie Payne is also a member of the A Quilter's Life Facebook group. We had such a great time getting to know each other and I'm thrilled to find out she lives not too far from me. With all she is going through, I am so thankful she took the time to visit with me. Hey Angie, thanks so much for being on A Quilter's Life. Oh, you're quite welcome. I am looking very forward to this. Oh, good. Let's get started with, tell me about where you were born and raised. I was born in Steubenville, Ohio, and I was raised in tiny little itty-bitty towns, two of them, in between Steubenville and Canton, Ohio. And the towns were so small that there was only you know, two to 300 people in each one of the towns. And then when I was seven years old, we moved to Cambridge. And, well, actually, Kimbolton, just north of Cambridge. But we went to Cambridge City Schools and whatnot, and I have five brothers and sisters. Oh, one of six. Yes, two brothers and three sisters. One brother is the oldest, and the other brother is the youngest, and all four of us girls are in between. Oh, neat. And I'm the oldest girl. (laughs) Can you share a special childhood memory? I have two most favorite childhood memories that I have was sled riding on my grandma's property. She had this great big hill. And my cousins and my older brother and one of my sisters and two of my uncles and two of my aunts, we would all go up on the hill and sled ride down, then go back up and sled ride some more, and Grandma made hot cocoa, and she always made it from scratch. And we would have hot cocoa when we were done, and then my uncles were teenagers. Let's see, they were about 12 years older than I was. So they all started a band and played live music in my grandma's house all the time. And those were my two most favorite memories of being a child. Wow. You must have liked their music then. Oh, yes. Back then, it wasn't classic rock. It was rock and roll. (laughs) 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 every single one of my dad's brothers and sisters learned how to play some sort of musical instruments including my dad so he wasn't invited to be in the band no he had other obligations he was a vietnam veteran and once he come back from vietnam then he and my mom resumed their lives together and My dad, you know, had jobs that kept him pretty busy, and they had kids and kids and kids and kids. (laughs) (laughs) And so he had to 
work a lot of hours to take care of all of us. And mom would work during the school year and then take the summertime off so that they didn't have to have a babysitter for us. Yeah. What kind of employment did you have? When I was in my 20s, I worked a few factories in Cambridge. I did some retail a little bit. When I moved to St. Mary's, I worked at the Family Dollar Store for about a year and then started a business cleaning houses with one of my friends. So for the last 19 years, that's what I've been doing is cleaning houses. Okay. I made an assumption, and I'm not 100% sure if I should have. When you mentioned St. Mary's, my mind went to St. Mary's, West Virginia. Yes. Okay. I saw you had a West Virginia phone number, and I wondered how that fit in. That makes sense. It actually fit in because... My current husband, I met him. He's my second husband. I was working as a bookkeeper in the office of a trucking company in Cambridge. And his dad came up and signed on one of his trucks. And then a few weeks later, signed on Randy's truck. And when Randy come walking in the building... I asked our dispatcher who that man was, and he said, well, that's Randy Payne, and he said he and his dad just signed on their trucks. And I said, oh, okay. I will have that man. (laughs) (laughs) And two years later, we went on our first date. Oh, that took quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, he was just freshly divorced. Yeah. So he was pretty gun-shy about dating again and whatnot. And then our first date, we went on a four-wheeler ride. And it was very, very interesting. I followed him down here to his house, and uh, we went on a four-wheeler ride and met his friends. And then every weekend I came back down here And we went four-wheeler riding or just sat by a fire out in the yard, you know, visiting with friends and everything. And I think we saw each other for about two or three months, and then he asked me to move in with him. And so that's how St. Mary's came. Otherwise, I would have still been in Cambridge somewhere. Off the beaten path were about five miles from Route 2 and the river. We have this nice little place up on top of what we call Payne Mountain. Oh, neat. Yeah, our driveway is a half a mile long, and it's really, really scary in the wintertime. (laughs) (laughs) If I go anywhere in the wintertime and there's more than two inches of snow on, my husband is driving me. Yeah. Well, besides quilting, are there other crafts you do or have done? I did learn how to crochet when I was real little. I would sit with Grandma for hours on end and crochet. And, of course, she was way faster than what I was. And she taught me how to do a few little stitches here and there. 
which I think I've probably lost that over the years because I never did pick it up after she died. Ah. And then I like to do counted cross-stitch, too. But I haven't done any of that for a while. I have a cross-stitch quilt that I have been working on. And when I have nothing else going on, I'll pick that up and work on it. I've been working on it for probably five years. That's my work in progress. Wow. Do you have all the blocks that you're going to cross-stitch on done and you're working on putting it together or you're still cross-stitching some of the blocks? I'm still cross-stitching it, yeah. Oh, neat. I hope I get to see that. I hope I get it done someday. (laughs) (laughs) I think about it every once in a while and I'll go grab it and You know, if the weather is bad and we're just sitting here holding the sofa down, then I'll go grab it and work on it a little bit while we're watching TV. Yeah. That's why I picked up cross-stitch, because it's something easy to do a few stitches here and there. Yeah, and you can always go back to it and pick right up where you left off. Mm -hmm. How about other hobbies? I really don't have very many. I do collect shot glasses, (laughs) and I have one from every state that I've been to, and sometimes if I go back to that state, then I'll grab another one. So I have 135 shot glasses. Wow. Yeah. Now, when you're picking them out, does it have to say the state on it, or does it have a pretty picture, or what draws you to that glass? I want something that has the state on it for my first visit and then some sort of different picture on it, like maybe with the picture of the state capitol or something like that. Then my second visit, I will go to whatever particular city I'm at, say like, for instance, St. Louis. I have one from St. Louis. Sometimes I will pick out the most unique-looking one just because it really doesn't look like a shot glass, and so it's something totally different. Hmm. So my mom was a collector of spoons, and if I went to a different state, I would grab a spoon plus a shot glass. So she has a whole bunch of spoons, and I have a whole bunch of shot glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are they all displayed? I have them in my corner cabinet in my dining room. Oh, neat. Yep. And Mom has hers all displayed. We bought her for Christmas a few years ago some spoon racks so that she could put all hers up on the wall. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the next question on my list is, do your hobbies show up in your quilting? But I believe we talked about your cross-stitch does. Yeah, I did one quilt 30 years ago. And this was my very first quilt that I ever did. And I don't have pictures of it to show. I think they were 16-inch blocks. Each block was a horse with a wreath around it. And instead of 
cross-stitching or embroidering it, I painted it with fabric paint. Uh-huh. And then cut the blocks out and did sashing around each block and gave it to my sister-in-law at the time. And I meant to ask her the last time I saw her if she still had it. Because it was something that she had started when she was a teenager. And I came across it in my mother-in-law's house. And we had talked about it. And she gave me the go-ahead to finish it. So I told her, I said, I'm going to go ahead and finish it and make it into a quilt. And I'll give it to her. And I couldn't remember if I gave it to her for her birthday or Christmas. You know, that was so long ago. <laughs> and she just absolutely loved it. Oh, neat. Yeah. And that started my love for quilting just because of her expression on her face when she saw it and saw how beautiful it was when it was finished. Mm-hmm. So had she started it as a quilt I don't know if she was going to make it into a quilt or what she was going to do with it. We kind of just, like, kept it as a secret between my mother-in-law and myself. Mm -hmm. And then surprised her with it. And she almost cried when she saw it. She was just so excited. How fun. Yeah. I always wanted to get into quilts and making them and just giving them away to people or selling them, whatever. Just because that particular experience right there, plus seeing them on Little House on the Prairie and different older TV shows where they actually had those. And then when I came across the one, my ex-husband's grandmother great-grandmother had made and my mother-in-law gave it to me and let me have it for my son. How neat. Yes. And I still have it. And that's been 30-some years ago. And it's hiding in my closet right now, (laughs) waiting on him to tell me that he wants it. So he does know about it. Right? He does. He does know that it's there. And I have pulled it out of the closet a few times and showed it to him. But he's getting ready to build a house for his family. So they live in a trailer right now and they're getting ready to build a house. So he told me just to hold on to it until they get their house built. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier that with it being so much older, it is kind of brittle. Yes. Have you thought about recreating it? I have, but in some respect to the quilt itself, I would hate to take away from the originality of it. But to add my own to it, my son would probably just absolutely love that. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of adding to the one you had. I was just thinking of using it kind of as a pattern and make another one, too. Represent it. 
It actually kind of looks like the nine patch quilt design. Okay. It looks like it was made with old clothes. It's really, really, really neat. Yeah. Some of the blocks are starting to come apart on it where the fabric is just so old. And I have made a couple similar to that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Isn't it mind-boggling to take a look at it and think about ancestors touched these in? What were they thinking about as they put it together? And who was it made for? So who were they thinking about? And all those questions. Yeah. And I have actually quilted a few for people that the tops were 40 and 50 years old. Really? Yeah. One lady gave me four quilt tops to finish for her that her mother made. And she knew that they were made before 1960. She couldn't exactly date them because she refers everything by a certain year. You know, a certain life event for her happened a certain year, so that's how she refers everything. Yeah. So she said that she knew that her mother and grandmother had made these quilt tops. I mean, if her mother was still alive, she would have been over 110 years old right now. Mm-hmm. While I was quilting them for her and finishing them, The whole time I was thinking, wow, just wonder what, you know, was going through their mind as they were making them. Yeah. And then there's a couple that lives just right outside of St. Mary's that his mother had made several quilt tops. And I picked them up about this time last year and finished all of those for the couple. And, oh, my goodness, they just, each and every single one of them. We were going to bingo every Monday night in Newport, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I would take the quilts as I got them finished. I would take one to bingo with me. And uh, we would have to show them off to everybody at bingo because they were just so excited that I did another quilt for them that, you know, his mother had made. Oh, fun. Yeah. Those are my favorites. More so than my own quilts. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder what drew you to that. I don't know. I guess because everybody found out that I have a long arm quilter, so they asked me if I would finish their product that they have, you know, that some loved one made years ago. It's so nice that you were able to do that for them. Yeah. And I just absolutely love doing it. I guess we covered your favorite quilt then. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you wanted to say about that? My most favorite quilt that I personally have Uh is the one that's on my bed. It is blue and white, and it has 
bandana material in it, and it's just really pretty. And it was one of the first ones that I had quilted with my long arm after I had purchased it. It took me almost a month to make that quilt. I thought you were going to say a year. <laughs> <laughs> I worked on it a lot. Yeah. I would go to work, and then I'd come home, and I'd work on it. And then my days off, I would work on it. There's a lot of half-square triangles in it. Mm-hmm. How neat. Yeah. When you're working on your quilts, is there a favorite tool that you are so happy to have? My cutting mat, ruler, and rotary cutter. Now, back when you started quilting, did you have those tools, or did you start out cutting them with scissors? The very first quilt that I ever did, I used scissors. And then I started doing research to see if there was an easier way. Of course, back then, the Internet wasn't as popular as what it is now. So it took a long time for me to find what I really wanted. My first cutting mat was probably, I think, six inches wide by 18 inches long. It wasn't very big at all. And then my ruler was a small one. I think I actually used a yardstick. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, there has to be a better way than this. (laughs) And so, you know, I kept researching and, and I bought a lot of books to learn how to do quilts and watched a lot of YouTube videos. And back then we had dial-up internet. Oh, it was so horrible. (laughs) 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 But, yeah, my favorite tools are my rotary cutter, mat, and ruler, most definitely. Yeah. And during the process, do you like the whole process, or is there a certain part of the process of quilting that you like more than others? My most favorite part of the quilting process is after it is completed and I show my husband the finished quilt. And I'll tell you why. Because I'll go out and I'll get the fabric and I'll show him this pile of fabric and I'll tell him I'm going to make a quilt out of this. And the look on his face every time is always... Angie, what are you thinking? And then when I show him what I have made out of it, he's like, wow, I can't believe you just did that. Every stinking time he will tell me, I can't believe how pretty that is. When you showed me those fabrics before you started, I thought that was going to be an ugly quilt. And then it just turns out so pretty, and he's like, wow. So he hasn't changed to, I know your quilts show up pretty, so I can't wait to see what you do. 
No, he doesn't do that. I tell him every time, don't doubt me. <laughs> he says, I know I shouldn't doubt you, but I do every stinking time. <laughs> That's fun, though. Yeah, it is. And I think I also like when I post it on Facebook and I get all the comments on it there, too. To me, it's just so relaxing to go out there and do what I do. And I say go out there because my quilting studio is actually in a building behind our house. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a 20 by 24 building that my husband used to use years ago as a makeshift garage. And then he built a garage a few years ago and gave me that building to put everything of mine out there. So I have my own little she shed. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's just so relaxing. I have a radio out there and I can Bluetooth and listen to anything that I want to listen to. I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm out there. Mm-hmm. While I'm sewing, if I'm quilting, I'll just listen to music because I can't hear the podcast over the quilter. Yeah, and you probably want to concentrate a little more on where your design is going. Yes, and you have to listen to the machine. If you're on the backside of the machine, then you have to listen because it makes a different sound when it runs out of bobbin thread. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll start at one end and go clear to the other end and have four feet of parts that you've quoted that doesn't even have bobbin thread. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that a few times. (laughs) Oh, my. That sounds like it could be one of your worst quilting experiences. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. My One of my very worst quilting experiences with my quilter is forgetting to put the presser foot down. Oh, my lands. That is horrible. I try to remember to put the presser foot down every time, but sometimes I do forget, and it just makes a mess of the thread, and you have to stand there and rip stitches and... Oh, gosh, it's terrible. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the machine actually runs with it up. Yeah, it does. And, oh, it just makes a mess. But because I'm listening to it, I can tell the difference in the sound. So usually I only get about five or six inches before I realize what I've done. And I figure that's plenty. Yes. (laughs) When I first bought my quoter and had it set up, I did it a lot. Okay. And then I realized, oh boy, I need to remember. So now it's just part of my routine when I start a new line or a new bobbin or whatever. I make sure that that's just part of my routine, set the foot, and then we're ready. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there a worst quilting experience? I think that would be it. Okay. 
I have had one of the vintage quilts that I did last year was all 100% hand-sewn. And I don't think the pieces were measured out very well. Or if they were measured out very well, then maybe the quarter-inch seam wasn't just exactly a quarter-inch. Because I always examine the vintage quilt tops a lot before I even put them on the quilter to make sure that there isn't any holes or anything like that. And one quilt top that I had was doing for this couple in St. Mary's. It was just so wonky and just horrible. And I cussed it the whole time I was quilting it. But when it was finished, it was perfect. Wow. And I thought, wow. And then the couple, they just absolutely loved it. So I thought, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they had no clue what you went through to get it done. Oh, I didn't dare tell them, you know, because I totally and completely enjoy doing the vintage quilts, but that one right there, I was ready to just ball it up and throw it down over the hill. But I didn't. I just kept right on with it, and I thought, you know what? I will get through this. And there was even a few places that it was just so hard to get it completely flat that I actually pinned it down as I was going. And... It worked out to my advantage, and it came out really nice. I was really, really surprised with it. Why do you think you spend your time making quilts rather than using that time doing something else? That's a good question. (laughs) It gives me a chance to be creative. In my mind, I come up with some sort of a picture, and the picture that shows up in my mind is of a quilt. I have graph paper, and I will sit down and I will draw it out on the graph paper, color it in to whatever color specifications that is in my mind, and then I'll make it. Some of the quilts that I have made have been my own design. And some of them that I've made have been out of a book, and they'll show specific colors in a book, and I'll just throw them colors out the window and put something different on there. And sometimes the colors that I pick out are total and complete contrast with each other, but look perfect on that quilt. It's amazing how those things work. It is. I even dream about quilts. (laughs) (laughs) So have you made a quilt that you know has come from one of your dreams? Yes. The one that's on my bed. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I saw a picture... And I thought, you know what, I really like that. 
I thought about it so much that I had a dream about it. And I told Randy, I said, I'm going to make that particular quilt. And so I had to draw it out on the graph paper, how I imagined it in my dream. And then I referred back to that web page that I was on just to get an idea of specific things like block size and this and that. And then I created my own block size from it because I wanted a king size quilt. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to look similar to that that I had seen. And so I just went with it. And then once I started, I obsessed over it. And I would be awake late, late at night thinking about it. But that's part of the excitement, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Who do you usually make your quilts for? Most of my quilts are for family members, but I also make them for friends. And I do two donations a year, two to three, depends. I don't sell very many of them. Most of them I just give away. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's mainly family. My mom has three. Two of my sisters each have one. Each one of our kids have one. At least. My son, my daughter-in-law, each one of my grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) Both of Randy's boys have one. I gave one to Randy's mom for Christmas this year. And his dad liked it so much, he's tried to steal it from her. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe he's next on the list? (laughs) Yes. His birthday is actually next week. And so I'm going to get out there later today and get started on one for him. And he's going to be 82. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he loves his horses, so I picked out a horse panel, and I'm going to do an attic quilt for him. Oh, neat. Yes. And that's what you're working on right now? Yes, I have one on the quilter that I'm doing for Randy's oldest boy, his friend's wife, got a hold of me, and so she wanted me to quilt one for her. So it's on the quilter right now, but she's not in any big hurry for it. So I'm going to just leave it there and get this one made up real quick and then finish that one, then finish the one for my father-in-law, too. Oh, sounds like you're going to have a busy week. Yeah. Share a quilting tip. Always, always, always make sure you measure at least twice before cutting. And I take it you learned that the hard way? Yes, I definitely did. I'd be cutting things and for some reason might be in a hurry for something. And, you know, you'd cut four and a half and then you'd go and cut at nine. And then at 13 and a half, well, somewhere along the line, I would cut four and a half and eight. 
Mm-hmm. How in the world did I do that? So I'd just take that strip and set it off to the side because I'll use it for something later. Yeah. Now you mentioned several times the quilter, which I believe is a long arm. Yes. Did you get that just mainly for yourself or do you actually have paying customers that come to you? I actually have paying customers, yes. But I did mainly buy it for myself. Yeah. I bought it used and got it from a lady in Lexington, Kentucky, and she met me halfway with it. Oh, wow. Yeah. She and her husband met me and my husband halfway with it, and we set it up in the house. We have two living rooms here, and this was before we cleaned out the building. And um, my lands, a friend of mine came over and helped me get it leveled and got it set up. And we played around on it for probably three weeks before I actually put a real true-to-life quilt on it. Because I had never used one before, so I had no idea what I was doing. And... uh, My mother-in-law's cousin quilts with a long armor. She is just piled up with them. And uh, she lives right there in Waverly, West Virginia. I went to her house one day after I had bought mine, and she showed me how to do it. Oh, neat. Yeah. So I spent, oh, a good half a day with her just fooling around on her quilter and I actually brought one with me and we loaded it on her quilter and she showed me how to do it and we did everything and it just come out so pretty and I thought now I can do this myself so after that I've just been doing what I do Angie is there a way customers could get a hold of you to use you as a long armor I am on Facebook. People can Facebook you at Angie Payne? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'll put a link to that in your episode page. Okay. You've been going through something difficult lately. Did you want to share about your cancer? Sure. Back in October 2021, I had a doctor's appointment I do fasting blood work every six months and back it up a little bit in May. One of my friends came to see me and she noticed that my right eye was bulging a little bit and she had asked me about it. And because of the pandemic, I wasn't able to get in to see a doctor right away. So it was clear up until October before I was able to see any kind of a doctor or anything for it. And they did my fasting blood work, and I asked to have extra blood taken out, check my thyroid, do this, because I thought maybe it was thyroid eye disease. A week later, I went back for the results of my blood work, and there was nothing there. I'm a healthy person. Every test that they did was fine, and... The doctor was looking at me and said, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned with this. Let's get you into an eye doctor. 
and I said, hey, I have a friend that works for an eye doctor in Parkersburg, and I said, I'll get a hold of her and see if, you know, she can get me in to see her doctor. So that day, I went in, and they did every test imaginable on my eyes and couldn't find anything wrong. So the doctor ordered an MRI. The very next day, he had the results and referred me to Morgantown, West Virginia, to specialists. That's where they found the tumor on my brain. Wow. By the time you went to Morgantown, did you have in your mind that that could be a possibility, or was this clear out of the blue that that's what showed up? It was just totally sprung on me while I was in Morgantown. And I was completely floored. I had no idea what I was going to go through. I have 100% respect for both of the surgeons who have taken care of me. One was an optical surgeon and the other one was a neurosurgeon. And they finally did the surgery on March 15th, just last month. And it was the best thing that could ever happen to me because I was having migraines at least three times a week. Mm. And I've lived almost, it seems like my whole life, but I know it was the last 20 years probably that I was having bad headaches. I could never pinpoint what it was. And then when my eye started bulging, that's when we decided to go a little bit further with this and find out what's going on in my head. Wow. And they said that the tumor was so involved that they actually had to replace part of my skull with a titanium plate because the tumor was growing into my skull. Oh. So thank goodness, praise the Lord every day that it was not cancer and I'm getting better. My husband has been my knight in shining armor through all this. He has been wonderful, a total and complete help with everything. He did make the comment the other day that he's done more dishes in the last month than he's done his whole entire life. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been so nice having him here with me to, you know, help me with everything. Yeah. We're on the path to recovery, so we're doing good. Oh, good. Sometimes we don't realize what we have until we almost lose it, huh? Right. Well, I'm so glad you came through that and looking to design more quilts and make more quilts in the future. Oh, yes. I live for my quilting. (laughs) (laughs) Angie, was there anything else you would like to share with me? Just enjoy every day like it's your last because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. Mm Mm-hmm. It's great getting to know you, and thank you so much. 
Oh, thank you for calling me. Uh-huh. I've enjoyed this. Me too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.